Hello and welcome to Premier League Press Box, the podcast that goes behind the scenes and brings you stories you won't hear anywhere else. My name is Nigel Bidmead. And I'm Ian Beach. In this episode, we look back at the career and life of Ipswich Town's greatest ever player, Kevin Beattie. In a moment, we go inside the dressing room of that great Ipswich side of the late 1970s as we hear from Kevin's former teammate, Brian Hamilton. He talks about the Beats' humble beginnings, how highly he was rated, his injuries and how they would be treated differently today, and why he means so much to the people of Ipswich. Sir Bobby Robson described Kevin as the best English-born player he'd ever seen. But for many footballers of that generation, life was difficult after retirement from the game. They didn't earn the big money even average players command these days. There was nobody to guide them through the loss of identity and they had to live with the consequences of playing through injury, often masked with injections. Unemployment, alcohol abuse and depression are familiar themes. But caring for his wife Maggie, who suffers from multiple sclerosis, together with the support of his three daughters, helped Kevin turn his life around and he enjoyed and excelled in a second career as a radio pundit. The former BBC Radio Suffolk sports editor Mark Matthews shared a microphone with Kevin for 10 years. He didn't really have any regrets. I mean, I, I'm sitting there regretting on his behalf that he wasn't born in a different age because he'd be, he'd have been sitting there as a multi-millionaire having had a fantastic playing career and uh, he'd have been sitting in his mansion probably still counting his money. So nobody, but the 70s was a different era and I don't think he ever regretted that. He just loved the fact that he could play at the level that he always believed he could right from a 15-year-old when he first came to Ipswich uh, under Bobby Robson. And uh, he was happy with that. I think life could have dealt him a better hand in terms of uh, how his career panned out. But he, he, he just got on with it. And uh, he, was, he, he was never bitter about it, let's, let's put it that way. Well, certainly not in, in, in my company. And it's just, if you're born at the right time, you, you, know, that you, you, go, you get the hand that you're dealt, if you like. But he, he never really took that in a, in a bad way and he was, he was always a, a happy-go-lucky character whenever he was around me. He was very uh, easy to work with in, in that respect. He knew that if you wanted him to speak for, for two or three minutes on the game he'd just seen, he'd be able to do that for you and uh, he, he, was a, he was a great professional in, in that respect but also um, great fun as well. Um, again, on some of those away trips, he, he would always be the life and soul of the party and he'd be, he'd be out there late as the rest of us and uh, normally if you went to bed uh, after Kevin Beatty, you were you were you were uh, achieving something quite significant because uh, Kevin liked a night out. He, he enjoyed that during his playing days and afterwards as well. And it, it, he was always great company, and uh, he was somebody who always wanted to spend a couple of hours chatting about football. Or probably actually, we spent a lot of our time not talking about football at all, talking about other things because he was a, you know, a well-rounded character. Radio London commentator and Ipswich fan Nick Godwin grew up in the town. He was at Portman Road covering the game against Brentford on the Tuesday night after Kevin's passing. Just a lovely evening, really, uh, full of affection and sadness. The, the, the other thing that came out of that, that evening was that as well as Kevin Beattie being this wonderful footballer, and he was an absolutely amazing footballer, uh, he, also, he was also a lovely chap and he used to be seen around the club quite a bit. He used to work for uh, Radio Suffolk um, and, uh, and he always was very approachable, uh, really affable. Uh, lovely chap. So there were there were there were two sides to it. As I said, there was the, the there was great sadness, but also they, people wanted to celebrate the fact that he was um, such a huge part of the club's history and a, and a lovely man to boot. Growing up in Ipswich, uh, when I did, I, w- I was too young to have watched the, uh, the, the 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 Bobby Robson Ipswich Town side, which um, Kevin Beattie played such a huge 
partying, but nevertheless, speaking to football fans of a certain generation, a certain age, they had many of them had watched uh, the the two great Ipswich sides, if you like, the the side of the early nineteen sixties under Sir Ralph Ramsey, uh, and then of course Sir Bobby's great side in the nineteen seventies. Sir Ralph won the league in nineteen sixty two, um, and the Bobby Robson team won the FA Cup in seventy eight and the UEFA Cup in nineteen eighty one, but also uh, performed very well in the league on. Um, uh, many of those in through many of those years pro- probably should have won the league um, at least once, but it didn't happen. Um, I think in uh, 1981 they were chasing the treble uh, at one point, but injuries, among other things, including an injury to Kevin Beattie, hampered their progress in that. So um, yes, you, you, your part of your football education in Ipswich was to, was to understand that there were these two great teams, and everybody. It's fair to say that everybody who saw uh, the two great Ipswich Town teams of of that period said that Kevin Beattie was the best player. Nick Godwin there, talking about the impact Kevin Beattie had on him, even though he never saw him play. Nigel, you did see him play. I was at Wembley for his debut in the spring of 1975 in a famous game, a 5-0 win over Cyprus when Malcolm McDonald scored all five goals. I had, of course, forgotten that Kevin Beattie scored that night, but it was disallowed. It was ruled out. You were there as a fan, I take it? Yes, I was uh, 14 at the time, and I thought every England game was going to be like this. And I wonder if Kevin thought, every England game was going to be like that for him and that he was going to have a long international career. It just never worked out. Nine caps for a man of his talent is is very sad. Let's hear what went on behind the closed doors of that dressing room at Ipswich Town at the time during Kevin's playing days. Brian Hamilton was already at the club when a teenage Kevin joined them. Yes, that's right. We we were a team in, uh, well, really in and change uh, the the season uh, before Kevin got in the team, we didn't play awfully well. Uh, we had just done okay, and I suppose basically we're still at, at looked upon as little of first time. And Kevin made his debut, I think, at the start of the '72 season at Old Trafford. And I remember seeing him as a young player at the football club when he arrived, and he was a man. You know, he he was big, he was strong, he was powerful. Uh, when the youth team, he actually played up front. I saw him playing centre forward when the youth team were playing in the youth cup and, you know, the result wasn't going their way. He was pushed up front. And he was a giant of a man, you know, the, in many, many ways. He, was, he wasn't six foot four tall, but he, he could jump like a man who was six foot four tall. You know, he, he had tremendous leap. He was powerful as a boy. He was so quick, it just wasn't true. And he had a strong left foot. And uh, and he came into the side, uh, and we actually won the game 2-1. Uh, Trevor Weimark scored, and I scored. And uh, that Man United team going to Old Trafford was always a bit awesome. Nobody, not many people give as much chance. And, uh, and we played very well. And actually, we never looked back. The team seemed to grow in, in, in confidence and, and belief and, and character. And we were going to have, from then on, 72 on, uh, you know, were, were very good years for a first time football club. And Kevin Beatty was a, a very important part of that. Uh, if, I, if my memory serves me right, he actually played in the left back position that day against Manchester United. But he was always going to become a you know, more central, more powerful player in the, uh, the heart of the defence. And where he was really lucky, where he, he really was lucky, that he had on one side had made Mick Mills and the other side had made Alan Hunter, two vastly experienced players. 
you know, who, who were able to talk him through many situations. I mean, his natural instinct, his natural game plan, you know, took him into situations where he, you know, he just did the right thing. But as a young player, you're learning, you're making mistakes, and he had people beside him and around him who really helped him. And uh, he became arguably, arguably one of the best centre-backs in the world, for I, I believe, for one for a short period in time. And uh, I always think a lot of them, I mean, I, I look at him, we talk about great players, and it's, it's, a, it's a word that's used very loosely sometimes. But Kevin Beatty could have been and should have been uh, one of the best players of all time because he had everything in his locker. Now, obviously, we've heard about Bobby Robson describing him as the, the best player to come out of these islands, perhaps since Bobby Moore. Um, and you're saying the best central defender in the world, but only for a short time. I think this is part of the sadness of it all because he was unlucky with injuries and maybe a little bit, you know, he needed better care and attention. Uh, he came from Carlisle, obviously missed his family. They were a big family. Uh, and and I think maybe um, if Kevin had been playing today with agents and uh, people who looked after his financial affairs and you know and and the kind of a current attention that the players of today get playing on the pitches that they play on today uh, maybe being looked after medically uh, and also from a sports science point of view from a nutritional point of view. I mean, I just don't think it's like George George Best, who I think, obviously a bit biased, but George was the best player I ever played with and against. And you just feel that when you look at the players of today playing on the surfaces that uh, they're playing on, and when you look at what George Best did on the surfaces he played on, how good would he have been today? And I say the same about Kevin Beatty. I mean, he was like lightning. And he you know, tar, it, his jumps were powerful. You know, he was he was able to get up there and he had that great skill of hanging in the air. And, uh, and I mean, I just feel that if he had been playing in, in today's, in the modern game, I mean, I think he would have been absolutely awesome. And if he had avoided the injuries, you know, and it's a collective thing, if he, he had been maybe differently looked after, uh, then I think he would have been arguably the best centre-half of all time for England, for sure. And I mean, I, I, I hear, you know, people wiser than me talking about people like Neil Franklin, and, uh, not in the same position, but Duncan Edwards, um, Bobby Moore was wonderful. You know, I, I just think Beatty, uh, it was just sensational. What was he like in the dressing room? Because I've seen him in the press room. Every time Ipswich seemed to play, he was always there. So he was always passing judgment on the team. And he was a larger-than-life character in the press room. You knew he was there. He was a, a, a large presence. Is that what he was like when you were in there before matches? Well, to be honest with you, obviously coming through as a young player, you wouldn't say that he was in your face or he, he was uh, an arrogant kind of a lad. He was a confident lad. And I think, to be honest with you, when he was in the dressing room, he was a young player coming in, people like Hunter Millsy, uh, David Johnson, you know, people who had, uh, were established players. So he really just, you know, came smoothly on board and was part of that team. And I think that was the one thing that helped him, you know, that uh, the, the actual group that came together grew together and he was part of it. 
and it was uh, it was a it was a character. It was a character, and it was what you would call a, a. I mean, like ourselves, like myself, he came from the back streets, and he never forgot that. You know, so he he did speak with the uh, with the supporters. If you speak with any of the supporters, he and no matter where you seem to go to, Kevin has been at their supporters club. He's given out medals, speaking to the supporters. He had always time for everybody, and that was because he was basically an ordinary big man. And uh, I say that with the greatest of respect because he was just a nice man, a decent guy, had his feelings like the rest of us, but a decent man. What was it like on Tuesday when you were all there on the field and, and remembering him and you got the response from the crowd? Well, I, I just felt that the crowd on the night deserved that. I think Kevin deserved that. Uh, when we spoke about it, uh, we felt it was right that the players of his time came together, or certainly a, a representation of them. Uh, Mick Mills was sitting in the, the stand. He was on the radio, so he was able to speak about it. And you had all the players, well, not all the players, but the, the players you know, who could be there were there, you know, traveled. Uh, there's many of them that weren't in, uh, in uh, the UK at this moment in time. You had people there who played with him, and then you had players from the club who represented the club for the 90s who remembered Kevin as a player because we have a strong uh, former players association. And uh, 2000, Simon Milton, Mick Stockwell, they represented all the players who knew Kevin and all the players who had played in the blue shirt for Ipswich. But the players who had played around him were, you know, could be there, were there. And it was fitting that uh, Alan Hunter was the player who along with George Burley, uh, George and Kevin, you know, come through together as young boys. And Alan had played beside him for many, many years, and the two of them were a formidable centre-back uh, combination. But Alan and George brought the, the shirt out with the number six, and Alan was the one who was shown at the different parts of the ground. And Alan was the one who sat on the pitch when the minutes applause was, was going on. So there was a lot of things that were done which I thought were nice and uh, I thought Kevin deserved it all. I've heard it said that he gave everything for Ipswich. Is that how you experienced it? And maybe just, did that contribute to the injuries possibly that he really yeah, gave everything yeah. he could? I, I think we can look back and like everything else, we, have, we had some super people. We had decent men who were working with us medically. Uh, we had decent doctors, you know, but it was a different time. You've got to remember it was, like, what, nearly years ago? And, I mean, even nutrition was, you know, we're learning about nutrition. We're learning about sports science. And I suppose the world of medicine was also physiotherapy and the importance of the physio uh, in the dressing room. You know, in those days, uh, it wasn't wrong. It was just the way it was. The the, the coach, or the, the first team trainer was the, the guy who ran on with a sponge and maybe, you know, in hindsight it should have been the physio who ran on, which it is today. And not only that, but he runs on with the doctor possibly. You know, so there's been a large change uh, in mindset with regards to all of that. And and I just feel that that change is for the betterment of the player for sure, uh, for his welfare and for his health. And I think that Kevin, because he was big and strong and, you know, like the rest of us, didn't know enough, you sort of had an injury and you sort of played through it. 
or you didn't give yourself the time that it was needed to maybe make the injury completely right. Uh, different squads, then you know maybe today you've got 22 people, maybe 23. Then you had 14, 15, maybe 16 players, and two of them were goalkeepers. So there was a there was a a mindset that everybody just played when they could, and if you had a knock. You know, it was one of those you were tough and you've played through it. And you maybe got an injection to sort of help you over the pain. And uh, and nobody did anything without doing it for all the right reasons. And uh, I suppose we all went through that. You know, we all played when maybe we shouldn't have played and Kevin certainly was the same. So let's finish on a happy note when we remember Kevin and I imagine when all the ex-players get together for that that tribute before the game against Brentford there must have been some some stories some reminiscences some of the good times that you spent with him and playing alongside him I think so but to be honest there was a sadness because uh, I mean we knew it would be an emotional night and we wanted to share it with the supporters, because the supporters and the players of that time were, you know, one. And uh, we had stories about all the players. We, you know, we were very, very much together. Uh, we lived with the supporters because we lived in the town with them. You know, they lived in the same street as us. You know, so there was that coming together of Ipswich at that time, which was a special time for the football club. Uh, for the players of the football club and also for the supporters because we were going to Europe, we're beating Real Madrid, we're up in the top three or four of the league, we're getting the cup finals. You know, the, it was a fantastic time for everybody in, in Suffolk at that period. And the stories are will be there forevermore, you know, about Kevin, what he did, how he did it. But I think it's the respect also of, of his quality as a player and that he was a teammate. So... That for for people like me who are ten years older than Kevin almost, you know, it's a realization that you know it's people from our team that we're losing now. Colin Harper went recently, uh, Johnny Miller went recently, you know. So uh, there's a sadness about it all, and there was an emotional part of it all. You know, the stories will always be there, and uh, and Kevin uh, shared many great times with a lot of the players, and uh, you know, I just think it's a we should finish on a good note that Kevin Beatty was a fantastic player. He was part of a very, very good team. And he was, and quite rightly looked upon as, I think, the best player that, that ever played for Ipswich. Brian Hamilton, remembering Kevin Beatty, who passed away on September the 16th, 2018, at the age of 64, the day after giving his final commentary on an Ipswich Town game. Our thanks to Mark Matthews, Nick Godwin and Brian Hamilton for sharing their thoughts and memories. In the next episode of Premier League Press Box, we talk to a radio journalist who has a global audience of 300 million listeners and how a former England captain helped turn a title winner into a TV pundit. Until then, it's bye for now.